0: Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. This is a bonus beat episode. I believe it's bonus beat number five. The reason why it's a bonus beat is because this episode is basically going to be a saves the day appreciation episode because I saw saves the day uh, saves the day live last night at the House of Blues in Anaheim, and I just wanted to talk about the band. On this podcast, we usually talk about movies based on video games, and this has nothing to do with movies or video games, nor movies based on video games. It's just saves the day, the band. But, you know, I wanted to talk about whatever I wanted also, so I want to talk about this, so it's a bonus episode. Um briefly I wanted to say the last few episodes have been terrible I I'm sure my mental health has been uh declining steadily in general declining but also one could perceive it as a roller coaster shoot downward spiral into despair and I don't like that of course And I also don't like it for the podcast. I don't like that the podcast has become a a, basically a record of my ever declining mental health, which sucks. But I'm not really sure what else to do. I like I. It's satisfying for me to be able to get it out, get it out of my head at least. Um but I feel like talented, funny people like Pat Walsh and Joe Rosa are very depressed, but they can spin it into art and make it funny and make jokes about it. And then, for example, there are musicians and bands like Saves the Day that can turn depression into art and make it something beautiful. Um, I, I'm not talented. I'm not a talented comic, comedian, or musician, so I'm just a dude. I'm just a failure. But I don't know. I, I don't like that I'm just depressed all the time. And I, I don't really have an outlet for it. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, a therapist and psychiatrist both shat on, I'm uh, not shat on me, but they they abandoned me to the wolves, just like all of my friends. don't have any friends at this point. Um, my wife's here, but I don't want to pile on all of my depression on her. That's not fair to her. That's not fair to anyone. Even if I had friends, I wouldn't want to pile all of this on them. But even as podcast podcast listeners, I wouldn't want to pile it on, even though I do. But there is a kind of distance because I am speaking into the void, you know, so I, I don't know. Hopefully, this will turn around. I don't want this to be a therapy session week after week but I do look forward to it because I can just let it all out and get it out of my head but I I don't know I don't know where this will go I'll, I'll try to turn it around I'll try to be a little more up but let's be real all of this is down all of this is down my next album name um saves the day let's let's talk about it um so briefly my experience with saves the day i i discovered them in high school in 2001 and i can't remember for the life of me who introduced me to the band and i you know not that it would matter not that anyone would not that any of you would know who they are But as of right now, I don't know who they are because I or maybe I just discovered them somehow. I don't know how I discovered them, but I discovered them on Stay What You Are, which came out in 2001. And I love that album. It's one of my favorite albums ever written, ever created. And it's one of those rare albums where I don't skip any of the tracks. I don't feel any sort of need or want to skip any of the tracks when i listen to it and for me that's extremely extremely rare even like um the mars volta which i consider one of my favorite bands and one of the my favorite um, albums by theirs is deloused in the comatorium which i just spelled deloused in the comaterium I love most of those songs. There's one that, I, I don't know, I, I don't really um, gravitate towards is This Apparatus Must Be on Earth. So there's usually like one track or at least one track that I skip on most albums. But there are plenty of albums where I want to skip many tracks, if not all. So my point is... Stay what you are is just one of those rare breeds, rare jams where I love pretty much all tracks on it, and um, my favorite track probably is Freakish. Freakish is one of those songs, like, like for example, Cowboy Bebop. I discovered it during college, and I would be late. I would be up late at night during college years. And um, nothing would be on. Like I would be up because of insomnia or whatever. And I would turn on the TV and nothing would be on, you know, unless it's like infomercials or something. So 1 a.m., I guess it was that Adult Swim or Toonami or whatever. Cowboy Bebop would be on. And it would always be some slow scene, slow-moving scene of a spaceship. And I'm like, every time I turn this on, nothing is happening um what kind of shows this it's dumb i hate it and it's it's that initial reaction there's like a friction like for some reason i hate this and then you and then i realize oh wait no i actually love this more than most things in the world so that's i i say that because freakish it the melody is weird Everything about the, mo- the song Freakish is weird. I believe the music video has pup- puppets or Muppets in it. And the first time I heard it, I'm like, this is slow. This is weird. And it became my favorite song of the album. Probably my favorite Saves the Day song. Um, I don't know what you would call that, like a bridge or something where he goes, um, I'd make my way across the sea da 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 yada 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 i love that part and i love that song and i love that album um it's a killer album it has some killer songs on it and there you have it um through be through being cool for me was just be i don't know before my time i want to say or I just discovered "Stay What You Are" first, and so through being cool, I am much less familiar with. I do, however, love um, "Shoulder to the Wheel," of course, and "You Vandal." I love those two tracks, and the rest I am not as familiar with. And I believe, I believe, a lot of Saves the Day fans quote through being cool as maybe their favorite, or maybe Stay What You Are. So, you know, after Stay What You Are came out, there's this buzz, you know, there's this buzz around the band. After you love, like, for example, the Mars Volta, and then D. Louse comes out, and you're like, what is this sound? Like, this is amazing. So then you start getting anticipation. Like, what are they going to come out next, you know? and that's the same that i same feeling i had with um saves the day trying to click on the right thing so eventually in reverie comes out the fourth studio album by saves the day and um it's very it sounds very different from stay what you are Um, In Reverie came out in 2003, and I don't know, it's hard to describe, but the feeling I had was like, huh, this is quite different um, than Stay What You Are, his voice sounds different. It's like... He sounds like a little more mellow. The voice sounds not quite as poppy. It's it's hard to describe, really. And so in Reverie, I think at the time there was a little friction. Well, I, I can't really speak for most fans. Like, I don't know most fans of Saves the Day. I only know myself. So I can only really speak to my own personal experiences. But... If I'm being real, I would say that In Reverie, for me, was kind of a disappointment. Just because, you know, when you love Stay What You Are so much, it's like you want more of it. And then In Reverie was not more of Stay What You Are. It was a different sound. It was a different direction. And I think that's what most bands do. You know, and we'll see when you help Pat Walsh and Joe DeRosa discuss the strokes where you have a hit album and then you do the same thing but then you change it up eventually down the line so i'm looking at the wikipedia page and in reverie is the fourth studio album by american rock band saves the day in reverie was released in mid-september through dreamworks dreamworks records shortly after its release dreamworks was absorbed by interscope records resulting in the band being dropped from the label so you know i'm sure that's got a sting for saves the day where you're riding on this this high of stay what you are and then you come out with your next album and everyone's anticipating it and it gets released through dreamworks records dreamworks gets absorbed by interscope and then they get dropped so i i I mean, I can't. There should be a documentary on Saves the Day, really. Uh, at least someone close to the band who who can like get some real stories. Maybe it's out there. I don't know. Um, so I'm looking through this Wikipedia page, and it, again, it's it's hard to describe, but it just sounds weird. It sounds, it just sounds different. So here's the re- information on the release. On May 17th, 2003, the album was titled In Reverie and was expected for release in September that year. The album was planned to be Saves the Day's final one for Vagrant. They, bought, they brought in some staff members from major label DreamWorks Records to hear the new songs. So the staff enjoyed the song so much that they proceeded to buy the record from Vagrant. They signed to DreamWorks in July 2003. And then... The thing I wanted to mention was... I can't find it now. (laughs) Basically... Basically, they you know, they released the album and then they got absorbed and they abandoned the record shortly after it. And then after they got absorbed and dropped the label, like Greenworks Records was useless to them. So this was like an unfortunate thing. Like they were kind of on their way up, I guess. And I I still, like, I still watch the two videos on YouTube of them performing At Your Funeral Live on <laughs> Craig Kilborn, which was 20 years ago, and Conan O'Brien. And that's huge, you know, appearing on those late-night shows. Um, I probably wouldn't watch a late-night show if I had a gun to my head at this point. But I do still consider myself a conan fan on october 20th 2003 the band appeared on jimmy kimmel live it doesn't even say um which song they um, performed i guess anywhere with you um Conley received a call from the band's anr person at dreamworks He said, none of the programmers at radio are biting at the single and MTV doesn't want to play the video. So we're going to have to start thinking about the next record. I had a total breakdown. I was like, how is this possible? The album just came out. A few weeks later, after In Reverie's release, the label was absorbed by Interscope Records. The staff at Interscope didn't care for the album, refusing to take the group's calls. They subsequently paid the band Severance to leave the label. <laughs> the music music industry sounds like a hellscape. Um this, uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a bummer. I I apologize for the dead air, but I'm like discovering I'm reading through the Wikipedia and I'm trying to Look at some stuff. So the personnel, according to on according to Wikipedia, of In Reverie is Christopher Conley on vocals and rhythm guitar, Eben Damico Damico on bass, Pete Parada on drums, David Soloway on lead guitar, and um, saves on. Stay What You Are. It was Brian Newman on drums, Ted Alexander on rhythm guitar. So there was a change in lineup already between Stay What You Are and In Reverie. And for me, I haven't listened to In Reverie nearly as much as I have of Stay What You Are. I will say my favorite track on in Reverie is easily morning in the moonlight. Um, it's catchy, it's poppy, it's upbeat. I just like the sound. There's also some, what do you call it? Um, the The tubular bells, which I used to play in like elementary, high school, and college. <laughs> they're... they're um, I think you can hear it in the Futurama theme as well. And I I wish I could tour with Saves the Day and just play Tubular Bells just for that song. And I'll play ding, ding, and then like sit back down. And I I would have sheet music also, um, just like I did in Wind Ensemble in, in the college years. And then it'd be one, two, three, four, one, two, ding, ding, and then sit back down. Um that was a joke. All right. It was a joke. Um just from looking at these track listings, I also like Anywhere with You a lot. Um in my waking life. And then the rest I would have to hear again. Like that's how less familiar I am um with this album and you know i'm not saying it's a bad album i'm just saying it's a a a different a very different take uh, not take a very different direction after like through being cool and then stay what you are they just decided to change their sound and then and then comes sounds the alarm By the way, at the end of this, I'm going to talk about my experience seeing Saves the Day at the House of Blues in Anaheim last night on August 19th, 2022. So, Lloyd, your saddles. I said Lloyd, your saddles. Uh, Lloyd is a name. I used it as a verb. I don't know what Lloyd, your saddle means. I just don't. Sound the Alarm is the fifth studio album by American rock band yeah. Saves the Day. Um, the oh. pre-production took place in August with a record... Being so they intended this to be a trilogy, starting with Sound Alarm, continuing with Under the Boards 2007, and then... Daybreak in 2011. They form a trilogy whose theme is self-discovery. Sound Alarm for me is the last one, last album where I have any recollection listening to. And again, it's like... It's another... Uh, I'm I'm a little hesitant to say that they they're reinventing themselves, but they just they're taking their music in a different direction again. And it's almost like, how do you feel like how are you going to try to get traction as a band in the music industry if you keep changing your sound? And and I don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing. I'm just asking straight out. Um, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia and it's weird because even in sound, the alarm, they're still talking about the controversy with in reverie and then using all the money they had, the group decided to build their own studio. Conley explained, if we have a place to make cheap records, we can keep the band going for years. Before they began working on new material, Conley was having doubts about himself. I completely lost faith in myself after the lack of success of, with In Reverie. When that happened, a chamber got opened up inside me, a vault of seething despair. Sometime after, Conley locked himself in a room, forcing himself to write new material. He explained that all of a sudden the shitstorm came and there was plenty of material, just frustration and rage and desperation, just the fear of losing everything. Following the completion of new songs in February 2005, the group planned to start recording in May with a projected fall release date for the new album. Prior to the recording sessions, bassist Eben D'Amico was replaced by Glassjaw bassist Manuel Carrero. Conley said that Conley said he told D'Amico that he was being kicked out of the band, which was a collective decision as D'Amico wasn't on the same wavelength anymore. While in the writing stages for a, a new album, that's that's real unfortunate. Um, I don't know much about Eben D'Amico. I just know that I've seen him on the live videos on like Conan and, um, and Craig Kilborn. And I really like his, his bass parts and they feel, I don't know. They feel really unique and they're not simply like playing notes on the downbeat. They're like, I feel like they're really cool. And, I didn't know he was kicked out of the band. I'm just learning that now as I read this on the Wikipedia. Also, it links to note number five. And then when I click on note number five, it's an article in German. So uh, I don't know what it says at all. Tram versus Wecker. Es moves im um, 2003 given sign. I I have no idea what it means. Um, a lot of help that is. So uh, it's a bummer that Eben D'Amico was kicked out of the band. I'm I'm sad to hear that. So then again, like when I first listened to some tracks of Sound the Alarm it's a different direction again head for the hills it's like it's hard hitting it sounds harder Uh, i'm just trying to use simple terms it's like it's a harsher sound it's like a hard rock sound it's an it's another move away like stay what you are i feel like was really solid pop a pop album but pop emo maybe and there are some upbeat songs but there are some slower songs but all really good and then in Reverie his voice changed there's like the sound for me it sounds like a little mellower and then Sound Alarm it feels like the opposite direction where it's just a harsher harder more intense maybe a little more chaotic sound And again, not bad, just different. So the personnel, according to this, Wikipedia is Chris Conley, vocals, guitar, David Soloway, guitar, Pete Parada on drums, and Manuel Ragunanan-Carrero on bass. Um, And I keep noting the the personnel changes because I want to talk about that a little bit later as well. And there there is a song on Sound Alarm that it it reminds me of a no doubt song. I think it's Diseased. And basically the song goes or maybe that's the No Doubt song, but it's sound it's the big the intro sounds very similar. You had the best da 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 And that lost steam very quickly. I don't know where that was going. I don't know what I wanted to do. Uh, Let's just move on. Um, And I, you know, I couldn't tell you my favorite track on Sound the Alarm. So you, you see where this trend is going. Like Stay What You Are for me was like absolute favorite In Reverie, I could name a few, my favorite track in Reverie, I could name a few tracks that I like. Sound Alarm, even though, like, if I listen to it now, I think I would like some of the songs, as of right now, I couldn't tell you, like, my favorite track on the album. So my fandom is, like, decreasing at this point, like, steadily decreasing album by album. So we get to Under the Boards the 6th studio album by American rock band saves the day um do 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 do, do, do. so under the board well under the boards I, i'm assuming under the boards is a reference to being in a coffin and i started listening to a track um on the and i believe he said It's part of the lyrics is like, I want to kill myself, I think. So this track, obviously he is, well, like, here it is. Conley, hold on. Under the Boards is the second album of a trilogy with the theme of self-discovery. It was preceded by Sound Alarm and followed by Daybreak. Conley said that the Sound Alarm was an expression of discontent, under the boards is reflection and remorse. Daybreak is acceptance. Conley also said that the three-album concept was just a bit of a therapeutic experiment. I felt like all twisted up. I f- I felt like all twisted up and broken inside, and just angry and confused and depressed and sad, and I couldn't really deal with the world or myself. So I was just like. This has got to end. I have to at least try and get a grip on the world and on myself, so I dove into the depths of my mind and brought out what I was finding. Under the Boards dealt with how all of that was making my life unbearable and I realized I had to change so that album was the transitional part, starting to transition out of that dark place because you realize how it's affecting your life. By the way, Wikipedia... Affecting with an A is the verb and you spelled it affecting, which is a noun, which just doesn't make sense. Okay. And I don't mean to be a stickler, but you want to say how it's affecting your life with an A. Change it to an A. Affecting your life doesn't make any sense. All right. All right. Conley said under the boards was the most honest and therapeutic music i've ever made it was also written during the hardest time in my life several of the album's tracks were written as far back as 2003 immediately after the in reverie sessions the song woe for example was the first song Conley wrote after the completion of in reverie Conley called woe the darkest song on the record and the darkest song i've ever written and it is the most cathartic lyric i've ever written Conley said, turning over in my tune was the moment when I decided to stick around and face the facts and learn how to make the most of this life instead of being crushed by the weight of my history. So I can't say, I don't recognize any of these track names and I don't know any of these songs. Um, technically that's not true but I will get to that Um, stay I believe I've heard a few times and I will talk about kaleidoscope later in the episode But, but that's the trend where like this is under the boards is like it's too far gone for me where I don't I'm so unfamiliar with it it's like they're almost like a different band, you know. And this Wikipedia page doesn't even have a um, doesn't even have a personnel section, which is concerning. All all li- all lyrics written by Christopher Conley. All songs written by Saves the Day. Th- that's confusing because it says. All songs are written by Saves the Day, but who is Saves the Day at this point? Because 2007 Saves the Day is very different from 2001 Saves the Day. You know what I mean? Um, so the the next album, Daybreak in 2011. Again, this is like, I don't know any of these songs. Uh, same thing. All lyrics are written by Christopher Connolly All songs written by Saves the Day. So, like... Oh, here's the personnel. Chris Conley, lead vocals, rhythm guitar, Arun... Aaron? Arun Bali, lead guitar, backing vocals, Rodrigo Palma, bass guitar, Spencer Peterson, drums. So... I believe that's... Three new members since the last time we checked. Um, David Soloway departed from lead guitar. Bass guitar last we checked was um, Manuel Carrero. And drums was Pete Parada. And now they're all new people. And I want to comment on that um, more later. So they have a self-titled album called saves the day the eighth studio album released on 2013 on rory records an imprint of equal vision records created by say anything frontman max bemis i don't know what an imprint means the album was well received by music critics praising the energy diversity and change in tone although opinion was more divided than previous releases from fans. This is the band's first album for Equal Vision Records since 1999's through being cool. Um and again, for my personal experience, um, I don't know any of these songs. Unfortunately, like I I am a bit bummed at that. Um, so Personnel First Saves the Day, the album, is Chris Conley vocals, Arun Bali lead guitar, Rodrigo Palma on bass, which was the same from Daybreak, and Claudio Rivera on drums, who's a new drummer. So I am unfamiliar with this album, 2013. And the well, according to Wikipedia the latest studio album by Saves the Day is called Nine, released on October 6, 26, 2018 through Equal Vision Records. Um, and uh, again, I don't know any of these songs. So... I'm sorry for the dead air. I'm kind of just trying to think of what I want to say and where I want to go. But it's interesting because I was I was talking about this with my wife recently, but I think when you're a band, when you're and I can it's very I I think it's very stupid to compare being in a band being a musician to being a content creator uh, it's kind of a very extremely stupid and dumb comparison but because I, i i'm not it's the closest thing i can think of in personal experience because i you know i have failed at everything in my life so like when you are a an artist let's say and you want to change your content, and you want to do something new, I feel like you should follow your heart. I really believe that. Because you you are the creator, you're the mastermind. And if you go where you think the fans will like it, then you're kind of leaning too much on the fans. I feel like if you're true to yourself, and you create, good music, good jokes, good content that's true to yourself and true to your heart. I think fans will find you. Your old fans may not follow you. And I'm a good example. I I did not follow Saves the Day. But I that applies to so many so many creators, so many artists, so many bands. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I listened to Green Day. I, I loved Dookie. Dookie was my album, you know. And then I I think I liked Nimrod, I didn't love it. I liked Warning, and then over time I just my enthusiasm waned and waned over time. And I think that's just that's just going to happen. I don't listen to Green Day anymore. You know, if Basket Case, if Basket Case comes on and I hear it. I, I, I'm going to enjoy it. But I don't know any of their recent albums or their recent songs. And that's that's just life, you know. Same thing with Thrice. I, my favorite album from Thrice is uh, Identity Crisis. Love it. Love it. I love Illusion of Safety. And then I liked Artists in the Ambulance and then by the time you get to like Visu and later they to me they sound like a different band and i mean if you if you feel the need to be a loyal listener like i've been loyal to thrice since the 2000 i mean that's fine but they sound like a different band most bands do they sound different in 2022 than they did in 2000 you know and again, that's life. And same with the Mars Volta. Um, when I discovered them, I loved De Laust in the Comitorium so much. Um, I, l- I liked Francis the Mute, mostly that first track. And then I liked some tracks in Amputecture. And then when John Theodore left it was a big hit for me. I'm like my enthusiasm went like wow. Um ugh, I don't know what the fuck that was. And then, you know, Octahedron, Nocturna kid, I I would continue to buy the albums but like Nocturna kid like I I don't I don't know if I could name um, any of the tracks on Nocturnicate or Octahedron, so they're coming out with a new album called The Mars Volta. Well, they actually broke up, had a hiatus for ten years, it appears, and they've been li- they've been releasing tracks recently on like the YouTube and streaming services. Um. <laughs> I, I, again, like, you go from deloused in the combinatorial to love, and then you just like each l- album less and less and less. And now we get to Mars Volta. Like, I'm excited, but, you know, I looked up tickets for the show. They have a show in LA, and I was like, when I looked, it was like either 150 or 180. I'm like, you'd think I would have gotten a good enough job over the last 10 years and maybe saved up an extra hundo or two hundo to go see them but like nope i'm as broke as ever i don't i don't think i'm gonna go see them live like i, I don't i don't i'm, I'm a poor ass bitch you know Um, uh, but uh, but that's kind of my point like thrice today isn't the same band as thrice as identity crisis the Mars Volta 2022 is not going to be the same as the Mars Volta 2003. Because we're not the same people we were twenty years ago. We've grown. Most of us have grown into larger assholes. But we're we're different people. We've grown and developed and progressed and etc. etc. etc so 9 by saves the day released in 2018 i it was barely on my radar um compared to 2001 that that's the thing like in 2001 we were all fa- or like a lot of us were fans of stay what you are but if you keep releas- releasing music that's keeps moving further and further away from stay what you are you're gonna lose. Unfortunately, you're gonna lose a lot of the fan base that loved you in the first place. But again, I feel like you have to be true to yourself. You have to stick to your guns. Um, and you can't you can't keep rela- releasing music that you know the fans will like because that's then you've become like a pop, static, manufactured robotic pop shit, you know, and nobody wants that. Well, actually, most people want that, I guess. Um, so let me talk about the live show that I went last night. I'll repeat it. House of Blues in Anaheim on August 19. Um, I squeed when I saw that it's like it mentions in the press, in the listing like saves the day performs stay what you are so I'm like "Ah." I had never seen them live ever before and you know that's again it's one of my favorite albums ever created ever in the history of time so I'm like I want to go see it so I bought two tickets for my wife and I we went and just a little history it was held at the anaheim garden walk which we my wife and i have a history with because we've been there many many times and we always make fun of it we call it we have this term for it like the walking dead because it's always always dead and especially when they first opened it there'd be like stores open but there's no people at all ever and then, my joke this time was like this: play Anaheim Garden Walk is a parallel dimension, because every time we visit here, everything looks different. Everything looks different. All the stores are different. Stores that were open are now closed. Store that were stores, stores that were closed are now open. Stores that were here before are now different into a new store. It's always changing because. You know the people who buy who the lease the who rent the lease out they can't afford to stay there because there's no customers there's no people and i don't I don't really know what they can do. People are always going to Disneyland, and if you can't afford to go to Disneyland, you go to downtown Disney. They don't really want to take the five ten minute walk, whatever it is to go to Anaheim Garden Walk doesn't really make sense. Even though there's like a CPK there, which is one of my favorite restaurants. There's like a... The Schmick. Something in Schmick. Let me look it up. Anaheim Garden Walk. By the way, I... I grew up in Orange County, which is kind of why I have this history with Anaheim Garden Walk. I was there from the age two to 18. I went to, not that anyone cares, including myself. I went to St. Callistus Elementary High School. I went to modern day high school. And instead of joining the extremely popular football team, I joined the marching band full of horny band geeks, to quote the movie Mean Girls. Um... So Anaheim Garden Walk is just this weird parallel dimension area where um, they just they just can't get their shit together. I I don't I don't know why it's it's Anaheim. It's a popular place, but like I said, you got um, you got downtown Disney and Disneyland uh, a walking distance away. They're, it's not really a popping place. McCormick and Schmick. McCormick and Schmicky's Um, there's a Cheesecake Factory there's a Johnny Rockets but a lot of the other restaurants when we went this time there's a bunch of tea places we went to Cafe Bulba there's a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company and then there's all these places that say coming soon and like I, I, I wish them well. I took my godson to Billy B's once. We had my wife and I had a very memorable memory, ugh, memorable experience at the movie theater before they turned it into the House of Blues. I forget what the movie theater was called, but we saw Hunger Games two, and that's the best movie in the franchise. And it was a particularly memorable experience because we loved the movie. And the screen was good, the theater was good, good experience, but, of course, they closed down, made it into the House of Blues. Um, so the Garden Walk is kind of an odd duck, but I, I like it. I like it. Well, maybe it's because of nostalgia. Um, so we, um, we get there at Anaheim Garden Walk. We got there early because we spent earlier in the day in San Pedro, San, Pe- San Pedro, long beach area and then we headed over to garden walk early we hung out you know we we didn't leave we stayed there until the show we kind of walked around um there's some like stuff stores selling like funko stuff um some cool art it's figurine stuff there's like oddly there's like a, a wheel shop i think and there's a a suitcase place it's a, it's a weird area but i i i hope i wish everyone well i want everyone there to succeed one all right i'm going to get through the negative stuff first um okay i'll just start here the the show says saves the day 7 p m And we should have known that 7 p.m. was way too early, but it says saves the day, 7 p.m. I don't believe it said saves the day doors open at 7 p.m. I don't believe it said doors open at 7 p.m. It just said saves the day, 7 p.m. show. So we wait in line. Um, We got in line pretty early, although there were a handful of people in line before us. They start giving us, they check our IDs, they give us wristband, whether we're above 21 or below 21. So the doors open at 7 p.m. There's metal detectors, etc. Um, we head straight to the merch table and saves the day, I believe, only had two shirts and a hoodie available for sale. My wife said she saw pins and stickers and stuff, but I don't know if she was looking at a different merch table for a different band, or I don't know what she was looking at. Maybe she was looking at some dude's crotch, and she lied about it to my face. And I was like, you know, I want merch. I like merch. I love merch. And then we got in line, and then immediately, (laughs) so... To be clear, my wife is not a fan of Saves the Day. She is unfamiliar with Saves the Day. And leading up to the concert, to the show, I played some of the tracks for her to listen to. But, you know, she's not really music aficionado. So she it doesn't really hook her. So I don't know if she would hear it one day and then hear it at the show and then, you know, recognize it. But immediately she saw a shirt that she liked. So she's like, I want that shirt. I'm like, okay, you don't listen to the band. You're not a fan. She's like, I want that shirt. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, I want the other shirt. She's like, okay. So I got one shirt of each. They were $35 each, a little steep, but you know, I get it. You, you're trying to earn money as a band. So I'm like, you know, whatever, there was a hoodie, but I don't like the style of hoodie. I like the hoodie with the zippers because I don't want to mess up my hair, even though I haven't used hair gel in 10, 20 years. But I like the zipper hoodies, and there was no zipper hoodies. There was just a pullover hoodie. So we just got a shirt each for 70 bucks. Then we go over to the watch, the viewing area. Um, I got a drink for my wife. So the strawberry ginger lemonade I believe with it had vodka in it i I didn't want to drink because I get sleepy when I drink and I had to drive and I didn't know how long the show was gonna be probably three four hours. So we get to the viewing area and I'll try to be brief but the the time be t- between waiting, Finally, getting to our spot, our quote unquote spot and waiting for saves the day to play for me was an absolutely miserable experience. And I feel like this is part of the experience of going to a show. But I don't know. I've never liked it. I remember going, I, I won tickets to a Blink-182 show who I, I, I used to like a lot, you know, many, many years ago. And they were free, and we were in a section where we we're just standing watching it. And I still didn't like it. Um, I don't like people crowding around you. I like having my own seat, which is I don't know. It, sound kinda, it sounds kind of sounds kind of elitist. I want my own seat to watch this band, and there were seats there, but you had to be part of the VIP. I don't know how much that was. I don't think I would invest in it. Invest in it. It sounds expensive. But there were seated sections reserved for the VIP people. But we were not VIPs, we're poor ass bitches. Very important poors, if you will. And um, it was just miserable. So doors open at 7, right? The, the opening band doesn't start until 8 o'clock p.m. So that's a full hour of waiting. And I don't know if this is standard for music shows uh if people go to shows all the time they're probably like yeah doors open an hour before the first band you just wait there but it was just miserable and there was a lot of awkward moments because there was this railing where you know the ideal the ideal spot is to get a spot in behind the railing so you could put your drinks there but you could also lean on it with your arms and there's also no one in front of you because in front of you, the the level is lower. So everyone in front of you is shorter. So it's the ideal spot. So there's like a bunch of couples there. We were not there. We were behind them. So there's like a bunch of couples there. Then when one of the people had to use the restroom, the other person would like outstretch their arms and legs. And they're like, no one can stand here and i get it i understand like you were there first but it's also weird it's just a lot of awkward a lot of posturing like no one can be here except us we were entitled here we were here first and i i, I get it at the same time but it's weird and at one point of these bunch of guys basically cut in front of my wife and my wife and i are poor timid short filipinos so we're small filipinos and we're meek we are gentle we are not confrontational so if someone saw, so she kept mentioning this guy like she kept call, nicknaming him the bouncer because he was tall muscular and he had his arms rolled up his sleeves rolled up like a bouncer and he's taller than her, and he just cut in front of her. And it's very upsetting. Like, I don't know. what As the man, what am I supposed to do? Like, hey, hey man, why'd you cut in front of my girl? Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just, like, sitting there like a bitch. Well, I'm standing there like a bitch. But <laughs> my wife was like, we have to be more aggressive. Like, I'm not going to be more aggressive. We're, we're timid, small Filipinos. Um, so that was, she kept mentioning that and that was very upsetting for her. I will say the first, the first two opening bands, I'll just say they weren't bad, but they just didn't do anything for me. No offense. It's just, I was there to see Saves saves the day and most people were, but you know, everyone was supportive. They didn't boo them or anything they a lot of people dug them but for me i was just like come on can we get to of the day um the the lighting you know the flashy lighting that changes colors and moves back and forth on stage was so bright and distracting that i literally put my sunglasses on i put my sunglasses on at nine o'clock at night indoors because the sun the lights were so bright and honestly, with the sunglasses on, it wasn't bad. I could still see the bands fine. Um, but it was just, you know, I'm getting older. Everyone's getting older. My back was hurting. My feet was hurting. Everything was hurting. Standing there for so long, waiting for saves the day. And at one point, I did contemplate telling my wife, like, let's just go let's just go home like come on we're tired these guys cut in front of us we can't we can't see the stage the lights are blinding our eyeballs let's just go um i'm very glad we didn't leave but i'm just saying we i i did contemplate it she probably would have said no we bought tickets we're here to see that you're banned so i'm glad we didn't go Um, Okay, so before I get to Saves the Day, I want to talk about because I had a lengthy conversation with my wife recently about how like like the band Journey. Um, Journey is still a band according to Wikipedia's American Rock Band formed in 1973 and Um, the former lead singer was Steve Perry. And I don't, I'm not a journey fan. All right. I don't, I'm not going to go on that journey. Uh I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, but I I don't know if they kicked out. I'm assuming they kicked out Neil, uh, Neil Perry. What the fuck? Um I'm assuming they kicked out Steve Perry or maybe he left, I don't know, I don't know the story. But Arnel Pineda is like randomly the new singer of the band Journey. And I don't know how many P- I don't know how many Journey fans are out there who are like I don't want to see fucking Journey with Arnel Pineda. I want to see Journey with Steve Perry. I want to see the original singer, you know what I mean? And I know the circumstances are different with every band and deaths are are very different from kicking someone out or someone leaving the band. I get that too. But, for example, Queen, Freddie Mercury dies, but they still perform as Queen plus Adam Lambert. That's actually... According to Wikipedia, that's the official name of the band, Queen plus Adam Lambert, or Q plus A L or Qual without the U call. Um, I personally have no interest in watching Queen without Freddie Mercury. That that's just my opinion. That's just my preference. You know. Um, Everyone has a preference. I have no interest in seeing Queen with Adam Lambert. No offense to Adam Lambert. Um no offense. I I also thought about um Sublime. Sublime was such a, a an issue for the family of the guy who died in Sublime. That they didn't want them to perform as sublime, so they perform now as sublime with Rome. And again, that's a death. And then Led Zeppelin without John Bonham, they don't perform... I don't believe they perform as Led Zeppelin anymore. And I wouldn't want to see as Led Zeppelin without John Bonham. So that's the thing. that That's I'll start with this because it's negative. But, and I understand that you, people, bands change lineups all the time. And I get like the Mars Volta is still the Mars Volta even without John Theodore. I get that. I get that the Queens of the Stone Age are still Queens of the Stone Age even with John Theodore. But I I don't know where the line is. And I had a thought before I saw the show where i felt like this almost feels like a saves the day cover band because the three other members are learned saves the day songs and chris connelly like joined the cover band and they're like hey i heard you learn saves the day songs why don't i sing for you now that's a negative thought and that's not fair to the band that's not fair to chris Conley. that's not fair to the other members of the band because they are saves the day and chris Conley with these three other people they are saves the day so i know that's not a uh, that's not a fair thought but i'm just trying to go through my thought process here okay with that out of the way as soon as saves the, as soon as saves the day came on the stage and they started the first song, which was at your funeral. It kind of made the night worth it already. All my other quibbles went away. I'm like, this is worth it. This is this is it. And at your funeral is a killer track. Everyone was singing along. Everyone was dancing. It, w- it was an amazing moment. And I had a good time. I had a really good time watching Saves the Day. Again, I'm going to repeat the um, the lineup, the personnel, if they would only have it. Come on. Um, okay, they don't have... Come on, don't be a dumbass, me. Okay, band members. So currently... Okay, I didn't realize this, but... Chris Conley, obviously, lead vocals since 1994, since the band started. And he started playing rhythm guitar in 2002 until the present. And he briefly played bass from 1994 to 1998. So I didn't realize that Arun or Aaron Bali was lead guitar and backing vocals since 2009. So the, uh, now I, I really feel bad about what I said. Like, are you a Saves the Day cover band? Because he's he's been with the band since 2009. So he is Saves the Day. So I apologize for what I said. Rodrigo Palma has played bass for the band since 2009 that's 2022 20, 13 years so i you know i feel really off base with what i said now and claudio rivera played drums in 2010 to 2013 and now since 2020 claudio rivera has been the band the band was killer the whole it was so amazing to hear these songs live these songs that i've been listening to since 2001 so i've been listening to these songs for over 20 years never seen them live and i i loved it and everyone was singing and and dancing along I saw a girl crying at one point and I get that. Um you know hearing these songs live I, you you get emotional. Um well she I believe she had a lot to drink also. Many people around me had a lot to drink so I get that getting fucked up and Let me go through the track list because so we were sta- we were standing very close to where the the guy the control panels were so where the guy who controls the lights and the guy who controls the all the sounds and stuff we were close to them and we saw them hand the track the set list to the engineers and i saw you know the first handful of tracks were stay what you are and then there's a a long line separating stay what you are with the rest of the songs and i'm like there's no way they're going to play all of that there's no way also i don't think i i think i forgot to mention that the first band that opened played like 7 songs and i was like I, i'm sad to say it out loud but I, I was like 7 songs opening band like come on um, again, I, I'm sorry if that's mean. I'm not, I don't mean to be mean. It's nothing personal. It's just, I was, I wanted to see saves the day and my back hurt. So back to, to the track list. So, I, and someone posted the picture on Instagram, which I've been trying to avoid, but I've also been trying to get pictures and videos of saves the day on social meds. So here's the beginning of the track list set list. At your funeral, see you, cars and calories, certain tragedy, jukebox, breakdown, freakish, as your ghost takes flight, nightingale, all I'm losing is me, this is not an exit, firefly. And then there's a line across the page. After they played firefly, there was no break. They proceeded to play ups and downs. Sell my old clothes. I'm off to heaven. Shoulder to the wheel. Dragon D flat. Last lie, which I am unfamiliar with. What went wrong? Eulogy. Kaleidoscope. Hollyhocks. Anywhere with you. Always 10 feet. I think always 10 feet tall. Undress me. My sweet fracture. That's the... Oh wow, at the bottom it says House of Blues Anaheim, California, 19 twenty twenty two. You know, I wish I could have had a copy of the damn set list, but here we are. There was absolutely no break. Um and it was a it was a killer night a killer night. I loved it. You know what? Uh, You know, I had my concerns before, and I I didn't really want to talk about it, but, and you, you can look up the details if you want, but here it is on the Saves the Day page. In May 2021, Conley was accused of sexual misconduct and child grooming by a male fan of his, whom Conley met at age 12. Along the al- Among the allegations included claims that Conley sent unsolicited nude photographs and manipulated his fandom to lure him into a relationship. Conley admitted to making an unacceptable number of inappropriate missteps causing irreversible harm and said, I am truly ashamed and embarrassed by my abhorrent behavior. Equal Vision Records, which released Saves the Day and Nine, stated we are working diligently to uncover the truth behind what happened and our actions moving forward will reflect what we are able to find. Also at the top of the Wikipedia page, um, Conley took responsibility for some of his actions named in the allegations. In April 2022, Saves the Day was removed from Equal Vision Records' current artist roster without a formal announcement made by the label regarding their decisions. So here's the thing. You know, I voiced my concerns before watching the show. And basically, I said. Basically, I said that, like, uh, I'm concerned about these allegations, and the selfish part of me wants to experience these songs that I love live, regardless of anything. Chris Conley did or may have done. And i th- that's where I am. And I know people would disagree with that. But like uh, and I always think of the, the movie thing I would much selfishly I would rather watch a good movie by an asshole than a bad movie by a good guy. You know what I mean? And like I would rather watch Chinatown rather than Sucker Punch you know and that's just me being selfish and uh, I I really don't care uh, unfortunately and like I'd rather watch Rosemary's Baby than again Sucker Punch because Rosemary's Baby is a very good movie Chinatown is a very good movie and um what's his name blanking on the name uh rosemary's baby roman polanski he admitted to um i forget if it was like if it was raping a 13 year old girl or sexual misconduct against a, a minor like he admitted to it it's very unfortunate it's terrible I got to say like I I don't know the details of you know what went on. We only know what is public with what um happened with Chris Conley. And when I was watching the show I got to say I don't no, no one really cared. Everyone was there to just hear these songs see the band live see the experience experience these songs live that they've been listening to for 20 years that they love and i don't blame them for that and there's so many people going through so much shit right now and they just want they just want a night to to forget about all of it and just to get away from the shit even for a moment you know and Chris Conley's a musician. He's fucked up. We're all fucked up. I'm not saying that justifies his actions. I'm not saying he's right in what he did. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, you know, everyone is probably hoping for the best. And what I mean by that is he said he was sorry. He did some fucked up shit. And you can see you can hear the evidence in the lyrics that the name of the the name of the album is under the boards referencing being in a coffin and he talks about killing himself and harming himself we're all fucked up and again i I just want to make it clear it doesn't mean that we that justifies rapists you know harvey weinstein is a a rapist asshole um and there are some lines that like he's gone he's too far gone he's an asshole everyone can and should dismiss him as an asshole but i think there should be lines different degrees of it you know and what conley may have done like allegedly and all this stuff probably terrible but i i think most like everyone at the show i think they're just hoping for the best and hoping that that he can cope with his past actions that he he already did apologize and you know i the shirt that i bought it says saves the day And it had three dates on it. And I'm a little surprised. It says, stay what you are. And it has three dates on it. Two dates in New Jersey, which the band is from, I believe, July 22nd, July 23rd, 2022, in New Jersey, stay what you are. And then August 19th, House of Blues, Anaheim. August 19th, 2022. And that's it. So... I started thinking, is this stay what you are tour just these three dates? And if that is the case, I believe it's probably because equal vision records dropped them um, off their roster in April 22. Well, that's just off of their listing. So who knows what's going on behind the scenes, but and again i don't know much about the the industry and behind the scenes stuff going on but i'm assuming they had a whole stay what you are tour planned and they had you know they they performed twice in new jersey in july and then once in anaheim and i'm assuming it got cut short because of the allegations um And again, it's like, if you're a huge fan of Bill Cosby and then you hear the news and like, I think most people turned against Bill Cosby. But I I wonder if there were some people who were like, no, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so, Santa. I think that's a sister-sister reference. And then Santa said, there is no such word as ain't. Say it isn't so, Sonny. I think that's the line from Sister Sister. You know, I think... I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I just feel like I'm a fan of the band. I'm a fan of the guy. It's extremely, extremely unfortunate what he did, allegedly. I think everyone is like, please... Please let him get the help that he needs. Please allow him to perform these songs who desperately need it right now. I think that's basically the gist of my mindset and my mentality and kind of this whole episode is I think most people, they want to be behind him and again i keep i keep saying not that what he did is justified or what he did is right i think they just they wish it wasn't true they don't want it to believe it's true and they want him to get back on track so he can keep performing and playing and give this gift to the world cuz the the whole the place was packed Everyone was singing and dancing, and that—that's what people needed right now. And I, again, I feel like someone should make a, a a documentary about this band and um and the ups and downs—no pun intended. That's a killer track. Um, let me look at this uh tra- set list again because. Other than stay what you are. Ups and downs, I love. I love sell my old clothes. I'm off to heaven. Killer track. Shoulder to the wheel, killer track. Drag in and D flat. killer track. Last lie I am unfamiliar with. So I gotta check that out. What went wrong, I recognize from In Reverie. And I like it. Eulogy, I believe, is from sound the alarm kaleidoscope was one song that sounded so cool and so unique and i was unfamiliar with it i looked it up and it's from 2007s under the boards so that actually got me kind of excited because i'm like whoa way me maybe There are a bunch of newer songs that I am not familiar with that are killer. Because he played Kaleidoscope, and it was awesome. It was really cool. Holly Hawks, I think, is from Through Being Cool. I am not too familiar with it. Anywhere With You is a great track from In Reverie. Always 10 Feet, um... I'm not familiar with it. Let me check if it's on Um, Can't Slow Down, maybe. Um, To to do to do. Let me see. Sorry for the dead air. Sorry for the dead air, 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 air. Always 10 feet tall is from Can't Slow Down. Undress Me is from Daybreak, 2011. And then My Sweet Fracture is from Through Being Cool. So there's a handful of tracks throughout their different albums. Surprisingly, not that I know of, they... According to my research, they didn't play anything from 9. They didn't play anything from Saves the Day the album. So the la- the latest they played was Daybreak 2011. You know, you could tell when they they started playing a song that a lot of people were not familiar with. You could you could feel it in the room. The heads st- stopped bobbing up and down. The dancing stopped. The singing stopped. Um, I can't tell you which songs those were for, but as soon as they started playing a an older song that people were familiar with, you you could feel it again in the air. They everyone starts singing. Everyone starts moving and dancing, and head going up and down and. I think it was a beautiful night. You know, the people were getting drunk. The, there were, the people in front of me, they there were moments where it was tense, where one girl had to get back to her spot, and she kind of had to squeeze through, and then at one point her drink fell. And I think another girl, it almost felt like a fight was going to go down. And then as more and more alcohol was concerned, consumed, um, every, every the whole group, the whole lot of them were like, had their arms around each other's dancing, swaying, swaying back and forth. It was a beautiful night. And it just feels like this world is so shitty, especially the, the last few years that we've all experienced. And I feel like this, this night, I hate to get schmaltzy at, at you, but it feels like this night, this show, Saves the Day, really gave a, a gift to this small group of people. I say small, but it was like hundreds of people. I mean small relative to the rest of the six billion popula- population of the world. It gave a gift to the world that it would be ashamed if this gift was taken away. Um you know these the sexual misconduct allegations he already admitted to some of them and he apologized for some of them you know i i feel like we just we i feel like we're all rooting for him and we want him to not quote unquote beat it but just do whatever is necessary to get through it and get back on track so he can continue making music, performing music, and continue giving this gift to the fans who, quite frankly, need it right now and really want it right now. And it would be a shame if this Stay What You Are tour was just these three dates. I'm very extremely glad that I, I brought my wife and we got to experience it together. And she is a fan of the band now as well. And I am looking forward to checking out their other albums. Um, I just, I love the band. I, I'm, even with loving Stay What You Are, despite them making nine albums, I still consider them, like, for Stay What You Are alone, I consider them one of my favorite bands, especially after last night. It was a beautiful night. It was a really great show. I'm so glad I went, and despite all my concerns, I'm so glad I went. I'm glad I watched it I, i'm glad i sang and danced and watched it with all these people and bought merch i have the shirt as a remembrance um so so whatever he needs whatever all parties involved need to get through whatever this is it, i hope it happens and i think we we all kind of hope it happens well i can't say that I'm a, if if someone were to read the allegations and be like fuck you Chris Connolly, I, I I get that too. I don't I don't agree, but but I get it. You know, what he did was um terrible and egregious, but to to take away his uh, ability and his, his gift as a musician would be uh, terrible as well. So, you know, I hope I didn't offend anyone during this whole nearly an hour and a 30 minute bonus episode talking about saves today the but there you have it i hope you are well i hope um i hope everything is okay with you and your friends and family i i hope you pursue your personal projects because sometimes personal projects are are magic and they keep you going and you know, if you're if you are at a dead end job and you want to do something else, start small, and um, you know, start making necessary steps to something new and something beautiful. You know. Um, by the way, I have a doctor's appointment this Wednesday, but I did get summoned to jury duty on Monday, which is fucking stupid. I hate Jury Duty. If I could list the top three things I hate in the world, Jury Duty would be on that list. I just think it's so dumb. Um, I hate to end the episode on that note, but what are you going to do? So again, I hope you're well. Thank you for listening. Um, and s- uh, listen to Saves the Day. Check out their albums. I'm sure there's something that you will find in there to enjoy. Thanks for listening and say hi to your pets for me.